Rest in peace, Corey Taylor from Slipknot's Left Nut. Do you know what this is about? No, I don't. So this week, uh, Corey Taylor was rehearsing for some, there's a Slipknot summer tour coming. And uh, he was in rehearsals and he blew out his left testicle. Right? How do you do that? Well, that's the funny part of the whole thing. Is that even possible? I guess. I don't know. He did it. But so here's what he had to say. You ready? Yeah. Working on my 87 dock and high notes this morning, fucked around and blew out the left testicle. Careful on re-entry, kids. Hashtag kiss of death. So he was rocking out some kiss of death. Oh, nice. Yeah. But it led to bad things for me. You want to tell? You want me to tell you what happened to me? You saw pictures of his left nut. No, I didn't do no. that. <laughs> But what happened? I don't push it past you sometimes. Well, why would I go look for that? I've seen ball sacks before. I have one. You know what I mean? I don't need to see that. But the, what happened is so because of this, and I, I was like, oh man, kiss of death, you know, because I yeah, I haven't thought about docking in Christ quite a while. Years, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, dude. Out of, out of the hair metal bands, it's not one that you think of regular. You know what I mean? No, uh, uh-uh. I mean it's one of those ones when somebody says docking, you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, and then you think of George Lynch is playing for the yeah. most part. Like that's right. pretty much how they work. So after he, it was I was like, oh yeah, shit, Kiss of Death, man, I remember that fucking song. And so I started thinking about Doc and stuff. So I have this dream that I'm in a bar and there's Don Dockin, right? right? And so I'm like, hey, dude, you know, like we start talking and he's talking about what it's like to be on tour at this point in time in 2019. And he's like, do you know what it's fucking like to have to go out there and play Slipping Away in 2019? And then in the dream, I remember Slipping Away. And it's I don't like that song. It's a piece of shit song. So I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, that sucks. Like, And I felt bad for him. He seemed so sad in the dream. Well, then I woke up and Slipping Away was stuck in my head. And then I was like, fuck Don Dockin, piece of shit. That's what you get for writing that fucking song. And then it was stuck in my head the whole fucking day. So I go to make, I'm driving down the fucking road and I got my, uh, you know how you do your uh, speech to text? Yeah. So I'm I'm ranting in my speech to text on my Facebook page about this. And every time I says, uh, say Don Docking, it types Dan Docking. So that's his fucking name now. <laughs> Dan Docking. Uh, that's funny. And then that brings that, that brings them to mind the visual of two gay men docking their penises. You know what that is, right? Yeah, I've heard tell. You take the foreskin and you just put it over your buddy's foreskin. Yeah, you know, you don't have to be so graphic. <laughs> just, so that's when I, th- now that when I think of Don docking, I think of docking. You know, um, I mean, that's one of those things like that is always kind of, I've always wondered that about musicians because, you know, they can play act all they want, but dude, after the 2000s time of playing dude. the same fucking song, like you got to be like, oh, give it a fucking break. You know, like like and even old timey bands that that are stuck in the 80s, like when I saw Cheap Trick last summer and they were still playing, you know, Dream Theater and, and like shit like that. And and 
Um, dream, do you mean the dream police, sir? Or dream police. I mean, no, 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 no. Yeah. Have you forgotten the <laughs> charisma <did> forget. <laughs> of Rick uh, Nielsen, the magnetism of Robin Zander? I did. Nah, like sticks and them guys that are Def Leppard that are still touring, you know, that are still playing the same song for what, 40 years now? Yeah. Because, you know, that's got to be fucking painful. Oh, yeah, dude, it has to suck. I mean, especially when it's a song like Slipping Away from Dawkins um, is pretty bad. I don't know if you remember that song at all. I really don't know. Um, dude, it's it's one of their it's one of their um, ballady type. Let me let me let me find it for you because I got to treat you to this. Um, this is just terrible here. Where is it? Well, while you're looking for it, man, like that's what I was going to say, man. That's why I admire Billy Squire so much because, like, he knew when to say when. Like, why Billy... does everything fucking come back to Billy Squire with you? Because Billy Squire's the man. Like, he knew when to say when. Like, he's not out there trying to fucking pimp, um, you know, stroke anymore. Like, he's just doing his thing, just chilling down on an island. Probably he doesn't have a fucking island, dude. We've gone over this a million times. I. There's he no is. island for Billy Squire. Billy Squire is happy. You got a lot of That's fucking trust. Treat yourself right here. <laughs> this is the worst. Like a whisper, you came in the night. Nice bass line. I guess. But do you see what I mean? It would suck to have to still play this, right? Yeah, yeah. And do the falsetto still? Or, oh. Love, love's not forever. You know what's funny about the Rockers? <laughs> How Listen they... The Rockers were so busy with being hurt, their feelings were fucked up, and they were just <laughs> torn up inside. Were there any more people who were dicking down broads than these guys? Yeah, you know, I, I've kind of wondered that over the years because, like, even Ozzy went for, like, some of those, like, you know, close my eyes forever type songs, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was kind of a thing for a minute mm-hmm. for all them dudes that do it. And I'm just wondering if they, like, recorded some of their antics and they, like, you know, like, heard about it from the roadies or heard about it from the road road manager the next morning. Like, dude, that chick was crying and oh, she, like, you killed oh, yeah. her last night. This is what she said. And they're like, Aye, that makes good lyrics. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, fuck it. Yeah, because, dude, it is funny, man. They were always, like, the most sensitive, you know, every bad boy has a soft side, you know, like that whole fucking, what was that, monster balance or some shit? Yeah. And th- none of them fuckers had a soft side. It they is were, pretty, they were it is really fucking, veg. yeah, it is really fucking cheesy when you, when you look back on it now, you know? Yeah, but anyway, so after you hear Slipping Away right there, now you can understand why I felt bad for Don Docking in the dream, but you can also understand why I'm like, fuck Dan Docking when it gets stuck in my head all fucking day. Now. <laughs> and you know what's weird about that shit too, man? I haven't heard that song. Th- that was from the uh, Under Lock and Key <laughs> album that had like the Hunter and uh, In My Dream. Yeah, In My Dreams and yeah. uh, It's Not Love. Like those songs were kind of cool at that time in 87 or whatever yeah, the fuck yeah. that was. In My Dreams was badass. Yeah. And yeah, was, so. Decent jam for a while. So you come across slipping away as like, okay, you're paying a toll. You want to get to the, You want to get to It's Not Love? You got to go through slipping away right now. You know, because back then you had a cassette. You could fast forward, but it was a pain in the dick. It wasn't just like, ah, fuck that track. I'm not even going to listen to that one. You know what I mean? So 
I don't know, man. I, I, it, it just sucks. It's weird how like shit remains in your brain, but you can forget about it. But then in a dream, it can be conjured back up again. That's all Dude, I'm getting. When I first joined the military, right? You, you're kind of closed off. You don't hear any music and you don't, you know, I mean, you're closed off for the time, the whole time you're in basic training, right? Yeah. All you're doing is folding t-shirts and making beds and fucking marching around in circles. Right. Um, and the cat who sat next to me or whose bunk, whose bed was right next to mine was this uh, dude. He was this cat from, um, from Texas, but he was like a hair dude, right? Mm-hmm. He was down, down with this. And he, uh, Skid Rose, um, 18 in life had <laughs> just come out like the week prior. Uh-huh. And this was this motherfucker's favorite song, right? But it had just come out so recently, like it was, so recent that he did, couldn't remember the name of the, or the words of the song. So like every morning, every night we're folding t-shirts and making beds and doing all this bullshit and, you know, and, and ironing uniforms uh-huh. and ho- homie was next to me going, Ricky was a young boy. Oh, that sucks. How hard is it to know the lyrics to that fucking song? <laughs> Well, like it had just come out and it was obviously his favorite song at that moment in time. And for like six, eight weeks, whatever it was like that, like that was stuck in that motherfucker's head because he didn't hear anything else to drown it out. You know, (laughs) it's funny, man. It was a weird time to rockers. They were strange, you know, (laughs) they were a strange uh, situation. Hey, man. So we uh, we missed last week because uh, on the count of. Uh, there was a lot going on. We had uh, Perry came in. I'm, actually, right now, I'm enjoying some right and brown bourbon. Compliments of Perry. He, he brought me a bottle. He knows I enjoy some bourbon. He, he brought me a, a California uh, gift basket, uh, as it were. And uh, I got some bourbon. Was the bourbon, some- was the bourbon actually supposed to be for me? No. That you were supposed to deliver to me and like you just never made it down here? No brought it for me are you sure i'm pretty sure yeah perry i want to see that in writing like tweet us something hey no he, i'm telling you i'm pretty right. sure it was meant for me All almost 100 percent. Right. so he brought me some coffee some hot sauces you know um so i got this whole california thing going on over here and then jason also came back into town uh so then we were all hanging out we were having a good chuckle about the old uh, Bob Levy KMS days, you know, the message board days, uh, the message board days of the internets. And, uh, we were having a, a good laugh about all that shit and a bunch of the fucking people and who still sees who on Facebook. Now, uh, we have, you know, we were discussing policies of who you would clear from back then, you know, Word. And, and I was telling them they should never clear you, but they thought you were a good guy, and I don't know why. But yeah, it was fun. And then uh, we took Jason to Philly. Perry went back home, and we took Jason to Philly on uh, Sunday night. So we were just, you you know, my whole, from what was that? Perry arrived. Oh, and then I went to see a play, <laughs> and I didn't even tell you about this, I don't think. So, well, I told you I couldn't. I couldn't. Fancy uh, lad, play that music yeah. for you. What? Your music? Yeah. So... Uh, I went to see a play called Middletown, not about Middletown, Delaware, but it was just like a Middletown, I guess, New York or something. It starred Adrian's Med, 
who I've been making all kinds of Zmed photoshops and stuff, which, you know, he loves. Um, but it was Adrian Zmed, uh, Anson Williams. Potsy? Po- Potsy, right? Right. Uh, Didi Khan, Frenchie, mm-hmm. and Little Girl, Gloria Stivic, Sally Strauss. Uh, nice. And... Dude, it was fucking awesome. I, I, I'm sitting there. I, I had uh, I bought tickets right away because Med. Um, so basically, after the photo, we, me and this guy uh, Lar started doing photoshops of him, and Zmed actually liked them. He loved these it. things. So he became friends. We became friends on Facebook, and then he posted. He said, "Hey, we're doing this gig in Delaware. You know, swing uh, by and whatnot." So, um. I bought tickets like right away. So I'm literally right in the front of the stage staring at all four of these people who you spend your whole life, you know, yeah, well, sure, yeah, our, we, it was yeah, awesome. I mean, we grew up with Patsy and, and Gloria and yeah, dude. it was a really cool play, man. It was, um, they just, it was, it was just them sitting in chairs and reading, but they're telling you that they were supposed to be two couples who have been friends for 30 years. And you start at the beginning of their fr- their friendship all through every bit of their troubles and traumas and everything. And then it ends in a certain way. And um, it was very cool. Like, it was it was interesting because I don't think I've ever seen anything done that way before. You know, I don't go out to the plays much. So, but uh, I recommend that if it comes through your town, swing by. Go see it. You know? Nice. But anyway, so that was Tuesday. Perry came in, I believe, on Wednesday. Uh, got in late. Thursday, we all hung out, and then uh, I did something else the other two days. I can't remember what the fuck they were, and then Sunday was all day with, you know, with Jason and everything, so that's why we didn't record anything. You kept calling, asking to record, and I kept being a douchebag. Well, I was all hot and bothered about, um, and I don't know if it's too late now to talk about it or, or not, all, all these season finales that were um, <laughs> <laughs> that that were coming out, and, and I was... Um, just enjoying watching everybody's fucking head explode over Game of Thrones that season finale. Was- you were you called it the, the the last episode we did was days before the finale, and you said so. We're what just a, three days away from it being the worst finale of all time. <laughs> I dig. I think you you nailed it there because everybody got real upset. <laughs> but obviously, they weren't fans of Deadwood because Deadwood immediately followed, and yeah. so. Can, can we can we break the th- third wall here a little bit and, and be honest? Yeah, sure. All right, like really honest. So I think our original plan was to break balls on everybody who hated the Game of Thrones, yeah, like we're and call make you fun liars. of them and call you a bunch of pussies. And then we saw the Deadwood finale, and we we're like, God damn, we're fucking hypocrites. Oh yeah, we were, <laughs> dude, we were like laughing like at neckbeards going, did you even put fault into the script? <laughs> like we were just pissing ourselves because we were reading a bunch of the shit. Like, look at these fuckers, man! It's a dragon. What's the matter with you? This isn't fucking real. Westeros isn't real. What's wrong with you? You fucking how did it? How was this supposed to die? Like we're laughing like fucking just giddy little schoolgirls at at neckbeards and everything. And then the Deadwood movie we've waited for <laughs> for twelve for, years. Yeah, for like 10, 12 years we waited for that piece of shit. Yeah, and the next day we're on the phone like, dude, what the fuck, man? <laughs> so yeah, we're hypocrites and we wanted to make fun of you, but now it's us. And I had all kinds of shit written down, like you know, some kind of dude. Uh, you know, with a New York accent, possibly standing in front of the Mona Lisa, going, "Man, that thing would be so much better if she had bigger cans." Yeah, you know, like like 
trying to but now i can't even use that yeah we can't even do, do any of our material about it because now we're the whiny bitches <laughs> the fuck were you thinking with that thing okay i just want i just want to tear the deadwood <laughs> thing apart i really do so you make us wait 12 years right it was 12 years right yeah i mean it seemed like a long fucking time it definitely Not, was something yeah, like yeah. that um because deadwood deadwood immediately followed the sopranos right uh no, Deadwood or, began during I think the final season of Sopranos. I, I I can't really remember, but I think it was like split in half. Uh, I think he did one of those six and six deals and made you wait a year in between or something. Right. Yeah. And Deadwood began, I believe, on the first half of that, so it would follow up the Sopranos at, on the night, like it was follow right after. Um, but it didn't start after the Sopranos. Um. So I, I remember, I know I was still with the X strife um, when it all started. So that's how far back we're going. Right. You know? And my liberation day was in 2006. So that's how far back Deadwood began. And there was only three seasons. Dig. Right. So I, I, I think it was, we're probably like 12 years, I would think. Uh, and dude, I mean, and Deadwood just stopped. You know what I mean? It was a hot show. Everybody dug it. Like, it was critically acclaimed. Fans loved it. Like, everybody dug it, and it just fucking disappeared. You know what I mean? It was... When yeah. it came around the next season, there, was, there wasn't even any talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't news. It just didn't come back. It was a weird, weird vibe at the time. And you're like, what the fuck? We well, love Al Swearingen. You know what I mean? <laughs> I remember reading that HBO... It didn't have the audience that they wanted it to have. And so, HBO... Uh, wanted that wanted the creator to like cut tons of people from it and reduce the um salaries. And right. the guy was like, "No, I'm I'm you know I'm not doing that. Like these are these are the reasons why people watch this show, you know." And so then they were like, "Well, we can't bring it back if you're not going to make the cuts." And he was like, "Then fuck it, don't bring it back." And that's how it went down. I read that later on. I don't think they told you that right away. But, yeah, no, I mean, it, it just all of a sudden, you know, I, I forget, was that a spring show uh, or was that a fall? I forget. But I, I remember like, like when, fall, whenever it was supposed to come around next. And I was like, you know, where's my Deadwood? When is it? When's that coming on? And I'm starting looking. There was just no news at the time. I remember remember being like, you know, what the fuck? And then, yeah, then we kind of heard about the money piece. Yeah. And so for years. There were rumors there's going to be a final movie, a fun, to wrap it all up, final movie, wrap it all up. So here we are 12 years later. Um, please tell me how the story was advanced in any way. <laughs> I don't know. There was, I, you know, to give it some credit, there was a little bit of comfort in hearing the word cocksucker slung around so many times. <laughs> there was like this little quiet comfort. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that is kind of nice. I remember that. You know? <laughs> yeah, it was important. It's a comforting <laughs> Sunday night uh, hey, tradition. <laughs> yeah, having everybody call it a cunt and a cocksucker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, I, I was like, all right, let's 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 do this. And, I, you know, I know how Al Swearingen died in real life. Um, so I figured, okay, maybe we're they're, they're going to do that. But no. They didn't do that. Maybe. We don't know. Because we, we didn't commit to anything. <laughs> yeah. At all. No commitments to anything we were presenting. Um, and even if Al is dead, 
Uh, spoilers, I guess, for anybody out there. Even if Al is dead, he didn't die the way he really died in real life, and so it wasn't as interesting because he dies in a much more interesting way. Um, Bullock and Hurst, was there any advancement of that? No. no. Might uh, as well have been season three over and over again, right. you know? Uh, Jane is still pining away for Joni. Right? <laughs> yep. What what the fuck did we accomplish with this? We killed off one of the one of the cocksuckers. Yeah, one cocksucker <laughs> is dead. Two white cocksuckers stole my dope. We, 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 that's all we've accomplished. Woo. We learned that Woo <laughs> We learned that Woo taught his perfectly speaking English son to still call Swearingen Swidgen. We learned that. That's funny. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what we've done. Yeah, dude, it was just, it was, uh, I don't even know what to say, man. So yeah, like neckbeards, man, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> cause we were fucking breaking your balls. Yeah, we were going to go in on you. And maybe that's what it is. Like they were such fucking good characters in Deadwood back in the day, man. Oh, they dude, really were. It. Farnham, dude, just the way Farnham anytime, you know, when he'd be running his hotel, and the long, drawn-out way he would say everything was just, just that was perfect, you know? Everything about it. Now, you knew you weren't going to see uh, what's-his-name because of all his pedo shit. So they showed him, like, a little bit. Um, oh, and did you catch Garrett Dillahunt? No. So you, you remember Garrett Dillahunt would always play, like, psychos on Deadwood? Yeah. Well... So he played in the in the somehow in the previous three seasons he played two different characters. The second one was a big time psycho and they killed him up. So for one second in this, when they're beating the shit out of uh, Hurst at the end, Garrett Dillahunt turns towards the camera as one of the angry mob and goes, "He killed my brother, that son of a bitch," <laughs> and and that's it. I was like, "Oh shit, Garrett Dillahunt," and then that was it. Done. Yeah, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, you wouldn't unless you were really paying attention, you know. I I will say great fucking line. Like, the whole thing was saved maybe by, well, I don't think it was saved, but the whole thing was made to me at least by that one line, the closing line for Swearingen, you know, our father who art in heaven, let him fucking stay there. Like, you know, that That summed up his character. Fucking brilliant line. Whoever wrote that, congratulations on that line. Yes, it was the most owl moment of that whole... I, did you even feel... Like, okay, we... The people, the fans of this show, you love Al Swearingen. You love the the evilness, the orneriness. This was a broken-down, feeble owl. You, so you didn't even get a, a, the owl you wanted, you know? Yeah, yeah. It no. just made no sense. I mean, just the feistiness of him was was so awesome in the old show you know i i know i was talking before my one of my favorite moments is when he realizes that bullock is in love with the widow he catches it in a look and he he looks at bullock and goes oh bullock (laughs) he's like the world abound in cunt hers is no different and bullock just loses his shit and that's when that big fight begins you know yeah. Um. Just that kind of shit out of Al was just 
made him awesome and you didn't get any of that. I don't know what the point of this was. You know what this felt like? I, dude, I, I like when he's getting that blowjob and he goes, uh, what you, <laughs> Slow what the you, fuck uh, down. Do you have a stage to catch? There you go. <laughs> I do. Oh, he was fucking so great, man. He was he was just so awesome, and there was none of that. It just felt like a temperature taking. Like, well, maybe we can get another season out of this. Let's see how they respond, and let's not commit to anything, so that if we do get another season, we're good to go. You know. Yeah, I don't know. So neckbeards, you uh, get a stay of execution because we're the whiny bitches. We're the I, sad motherfuckers. On Game of Thrones, though, I really don't. I mean, I, I really don't see many other ways they could have ended that, though. You know what I mean? I thought it would. I thought it closed clean. You know, I liked the way they ended for Aya. I, I mean, dude, for Snow. Motherfucker Dude. was never never happier than when he was banging that redheaded broad. Yes, up in the uh, redheaded wildling. Um, yeah. He loved being with the wildling, and and you know that's why John Snow got robbed of his his destiny. He didn't want to be king, and he got to be with the one group of people that truly made him happy during the entire fucking series. How's that a bad ending? How's that yeah. awful? Arya's off exploring the fucking. Outer rim of the galaxy, or whatever the fuck she was going to. I might be confusing with Star Wars. Um, <laughs> Sansa, Sansa yeah. got her. Yeah. Um, what I, was wrong? Um, I I don't know, man. Bran is the best king you could have because the motherfucker can see everything. You can't plot on that motherfucker. Yeah, he'll know. So who could keep peace more than that dude? The only thing I will say that that bugged me, I think, about the whole last season, mm. it was it was weird pacing. Like you went through seven seasons of kind of slow rolling it, right? And then you know the fight with the Night King was one episode, yes. And then the destruction of of um, of the city was another single episode. Like right. you went years of fucking waiting for that fight, and it was just done. And I was like, wow, that was just. Quick, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they did um, kind of, it did feel like they kind of rushed through things, but, but. But did you watch the, um, did you watch the, uh, uh, making of the last watch or whatever they called it? The week no, I, I heard that was really cool. It was, it was, it was, but dude, and, and, I, and you kind of know it going mm. into it because when they were blowing that town up, I was like, motherfucker, dude, there's a hundred grand there. There's a million dollar shot. There's, you know what I mean? Right. Every right. one of those, you could just add up the money. And when you saw the making of, you really could see how much time, effort, money organization really went into that. And then you can see like how easy it is with that many fucking people, how easy it is to leave a coffee cup on a table. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I, I but we weren't part of the crew that everything was ruined because there was a coffee cup on the fucking table or a water bottle under the chair. Right, but yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I mean, you had thousands of people around, you know, between extras and fucking, uh, you know, costume and prosthetics, and you know, down the line, yes, yeah. dude, you can see how easy it is to leave a coffee cup in a shot. Oh, dude, there was that's a massive undertaking, massive undertaking. So yeah, well, you know, you you get a pass this for now, neckbeards. You get a pass. Hey, you know who doesn't get a pass? Who's that? Every other motherfucker on the internet. I hate everybody at this point. I really do. I hate me uh, SJW. 
fucking liberal social justice warrior assholes. I hate me a red hat uh, Trump pansy. I and can't. You, and you're really talking about the social media side. Or, yes. Or everywhere. Maybe I just hate every. Oh, it doesn't matter. Maybe. I I can't. You know, I any any given subject that you happen to read a post about, there's these waterheads <laughs> from either side that just invade uh, the post. And it doesn't even have to be about politics. Uh, they will make it be. And, and they have nothing to say. They have nothing intelligent to say whatsoever. Nothing you haven't seen before. Nothing you haven't heard before. But they're just they're they're just nothing people, and this is their way of being a presence. You ever see like somebody <clears throat> preaching? That, no discernible skills, no discernible talent whatsoever. So the only thing they can do is be a fucking nuisance, because th- at least that way, you have to acknowledge them. They're here now. Now they're somebody. That's what these fucking people are. They're blowing, and, and out, it, they're blowing out your candle to make theirs just a little bit brighter. But you're not even blowing out my candle because I think you're a fucking loser. I don't even think anything. Like I had, a, there was a guy, and I, yeah, I but, don't but even... they think they're blowing out your candle. They're like they're they're bringing you the fucking heat. They're bringing it to they're bringing it to jail. They're, they're gonna show you what a fucking womanizer you really are. What a misogynist pig <laughs> you really are. A rape <laughs> apologist, whatever the fuck they want to call you. I I. Um. So the Twilight Zone, the new Twilight Zone, the Jordan Peele, CBS All Access puts an ad up. Oh, you are it, a racist, aren't you? Of you like course. Ra- How did you, you know? Like, you like Rod Serling's better. You like the I, white guys? I certainly did. I certainly did. Oh, the white guy's stuff is automatically better because he's white? Is that what it is? I mean, it, I those are your <laughs> words, not mine, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but so um, I, I watched all of the season. And because uh, I was very excited, I'm a big Twilight Zone fan, and, and Jordan Peele, I think, uh, has some good chops. And I was like, all right, let's see what he does. You know, um, it was a dog shit fucking series. It just wasn't good. Uh, in the face of Black Mirror, it wasn't good. In the face of the old Twilight Zone, it wasn't good. Um, <clears throat> so. In this ad, they did they dropped one ad or uh, one show a week, and now the whole season's up. So it was like, hey, binge the whole season now on CBS All Access. And people started posting their opinions. So I posted mine. And I here I'm going to read it to you. <clears throat> I said, lazy writing, far too concerned with political statements and not concerned enough with actually creating interesting ways to deliver them. Episodes were mediocre at best, and those were few and far between. This didn't deserve the Twilight Zone moniker, in my opinion. Peel should have just created his own thing in the spirit of the show. Hopefully, the next season actually puts some effort to honor the legacy. All right? Right. Here comes Captain Social Justice Warrior. If anti-racist comments are offensive to you, the show isn't the problem. Now, what does that mean? Does that imply that you are? I am a racist. Yeah. Now, all I said was that the political statement, there was too much concern about making the political statement and not enough with creating interesting ways to deliver them. I well, didn't that was, say I had you know, a that, problem. Yeah, I mean, that was the beauty of Serling's gig, though. Serling would, <coughs> like, 
he, he would do it so subtly that you didn't even realize it. You know, that it, 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 right. You didn't know what he was doing uh, until you, if you, unless you gave it deep thought, critical thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you go, oh, I get this was an allegory for blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Dig, and, and that's that's the beauty of that type of art. This show beat you in the face with it. It was ham fisted. Um, just just dreck. It was just boring. It, it wasn't good. And so I don't care. For instance, like one of the episodes, if we're going to take the race issue, was a woman goes to pick her. She's picked her son up there. She's taking him to college. Uh, black woman, black son, obviously. And they encounter a hillbilly cop. And the cop ends up shooting her son and killing him. Uh, she has a boom box. And if she hits rewind on the boom box, it re actually rewinds time. So every time she rewinds, there's another chance to avoid this cop killing her son. No matter how her son responds to the cop, no matter what avenues they take to avoid the cop, it always ends with the cop killing her son. Right? So the message clearly and, being... And we've seen this story before many sure. times. In, right. In, yeah. So the episode ends. They finally make it through all sorts of strife. They make it to the college, it's a black college campus, um, and then all of the black student body come out and say, if you want to kill him, you have to kill us all. We're standing together, and the cop goes away. That was a Twilight. Does that feel like a Twilight Zone episode to you? Or does that feel like a ham-fisted delivery of all cops kill uh, black dudes? And yeah. It just doesn't, there's nothing unique about it. There's nothing, you know what I mean? I, you can address the subject matter. That's fine. I don't give a shit about that. It was lazy. That's lazy. So that was the spirit of the entire season. There was an immigration episode. There was a um, toxic masculinity episode. <laughs> there was, well, you know what I mean? But the they were all the boom, done. The use of the boom box is a little, little uh, ham-handed as well. Sure. Yeah. But could have been anything. Is, right. So you could have done pretty unique. Like, think back to the old Twilight Zone. You remember the episode where we were. So what we were addressing is society's beauty standards. The episode where the girl, you don't see her face. You don't see any of the doctors because they've got masks on or you're seeing the back of their head. She's having plastic surgery to correct her hideous appearance. And the whole time, they're like, are you sure you want to do this? And they're, they're going through this whole thing. And in the very end, you see her face before she goes into surgery, and she's gorgeous. And then they take their masks off, and ev the nurses, the doctors, everyone else has faces like pigs. And the point of that oh, Yeah, was, I remember that now. You remember yeah. that episode? Yeah. Because it was just to show you that beauty is a construct, a societal construct. We decide what is beautiful. And I'll give you a perfect example. It happened within our lifetime. Do you remember when we were teenagers or even in our 20s, did anybody want a girl with a big fat ass? No. No. But somewhere along the line, that shifted. And now that's very desirable to most mm -hmm. men. See? Yes. This is a construct that was created by society. So anyway, let me rope you in here. Because this isn't about bashing Jordan. I ain't Europe. even this done. 
well, Jordan Peele, I mean, he's a talented dude. So, like, I, this this whole diatribe you're going on isn't really about bashing Jordan Peele. It's about your social justice warrior. It's about the social justice warrior piece of shit. Yes. That had he all he wanted to do because this is what I was getting at. Because your, your opinion of the show was that hey, dude, they could have lazy. It was yeah, that was it. Just lazy. I don't mind the subject matter. I don't care. Deliver a right wing message. Deliver a left wing. Ma- I don't give a fuck. Do it interesting. Make me go. Oh wow, that was really cool. I don't give a shit. But you didn't do that. Now, this social justice warrior fucking nitwit. All he wanted to do was virtue signal. He didn't come in there. He probably didn't even watch the fucking thing. He didn't come in there to contribute a thought about the writing or anything. He wanted the virtue signal. He wanted everybody to know, like, hey, bros, ally over here. <laughs> ally right here. Right here. I'm an ally. Come come look me up. Find me white, on Tinder. White dude understanding how we're all racist, bros. Check it out. I'm right here. <laughs> Calling out a fellow white bro, even though he didn't say anything intrinsically racist, I'm letting him know he's racist right now. Oh, by the way, I forgot to we forgot to start the episode the right. What were um, we supposed to do? I am a cis white male, and for that, I apologize. I apologize also, cisgender. <laughs> yes, I forgot. I got you know. I went searching. I was gonna actually make a fucking intro, like an official intro with that in it. <laughs> And I can't find, I know he said it, you know he said it, but I couldn't find, there's only so many of his clips available, so I'd have to go grab the show and figure out where the fuck it was, (laughs) but I couldn't find it. But but yeah, so when when your goal, like I've watched dudes fucking attribute something in a conversation about the fucking Smurfs and bring Hillary Clinton into play. Like you, there's (laughs) something fucking wrong with you. When this is what you're doing. Like, we have to fucking stop talking like this. And now here's the one, and this is very important we need to address. So Meryl Streep says that we need to stop throwing around the terminology toxic masculinity because now it's being over-applied and it's just making young boys feel like there's something just wrong with being a male. Right. And that there are toxic females too, so stop throwing this around. All I did was comment, well, she's not wrong. Oh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, did I cross the fucking line? You know? So, income guys, men, supposedly, saying, except she is, bro. You need to check yourself right now. You know? uh, So, and I'm just like, ugh. Like, it's just, just I'm not even going to respond to the, the, these idiots, you know. And so then finally, after a series of these these gentlemen come in, a girl responds to me. She articulates a very well thought out post, and I respond to her. So I said, hey, here's the problem, though, man. I was like, uh, just like with a lot of other things, the, the catchphrase tox- toxic masculinity began to describe a certain attribute of certain types of males, but now it's being broadly thrown around to any behavior that is just intrinsically male. And I was like, and it's being demonized. And I was like, so now it is problematic. And I said, and I think that's what Merrill is addressing, and that's what I'm saying I agree with. The girl had no problem with anything I said. She was fine with that. Here comes yeah. the bros again. Kind of like mansplaining, bro. Oh, God, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? 
when you're a man, when you are a man, and you're throwing around mansplaining, yeah, just a cut your fucking balls off. Cut your balls off. You don't deserve them. Hey, ladies, ally over here. <laughs> yep. Hey, ally, find, right here. Find me ally. on Twitter. Find me on yeah. Twitter. I won't feel your boobs till the second date. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> just hit me up. Hit me up on Twitter at me. I'm at at beta male cuck sixty nine. Hit me up. Automatic friend zone. Hit me up. Yeah, just friend. I'm ready to be friend zoned. It's cool. <laughs> I totally respect you for friend zoning me, and I respect your female power. Right now, <laughs> you just, dude. What the fuck happened? What happened? We've lost our mind. It's lead paint. Or not lead paint, lead in the gas. I think you're right about this. We have a generation that's fucking lost by leaded gasoline. Our generation that grew up breathing up leaded gasoline fumes coming out of cars, out of fucking... Dude, we're not near as smart as we think we are. And we're... No. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't even think we're smart. I've given up on that a long time ago. No. You know, know, I, I talked about it to Evan about this. Right. And I said, you know, me and Evan, we, we've been friends since we were 13. And he's where I am with this. I, I was an F student. Evan wasn't much better. And we sit here and we watch people we know. They can't spell. They fucking just the dumb shit. Like, I think you're right about this lead fucking. That's the horrifying thing. I, I'm not smart. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, so that's what's scary about this. What did I have to do with lead gas to, to be an affected? What would I have had to have done? I see. I think it's because you hung out inside and watched TV more than the rest. The ones, that were, outside, the ones that were outside, like breathing that all the time, mm-hmm. sports jocking it in the, in the ball field while the trucks are driving up and down 95 in Chester. Yeah. They're breathing all that. And I, I don't was inside know. being a hammy little fat bastard eating butter sandwiches and watching Good Times reruns. I know what you're saying. <laughs> well, I mean, shoes. That's that, what you were getting at. Yeah, shoes that fit, you know. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I was inside just, you know, playing with my Star Wars figures. <laughs> I'm just going, no, it's there's people out there. I don't want to go outside. I haven't done the and, full study yet, but that's my theory, man. I, I think there's a whole fucking generation that's lost to lead... Um, um, development disorders i think you're right are you mansplaining right now bro you need to check your male privilege Uh, good gravy god damn it how do you look at yourself in the mirror how do you do it when you've said the word mansplaining as a man and you're not doing what we're doing right now and going you goddamn zeros what is wrong with you when you're saying it authentically and in full earnestness what the fuck is wrong with you? Well, I think they make it up all right because they probably have a sleeve tattoo and a curly Q mustachio. That's what the one dude had. That's what the, the guy <laughs> who told me I was racist. He had he had sleeve tattoos. He was a cookie cutter teddy boy. Like, you know what I mean? Like that it, whole it, he had pompadour a, hair and the and the flannel. mustache. Uh, or, or like a, or like at least. A, um, I don't remember. I looked at his picture and I just went, ugh. Oh, yeah. you cookie cutter fucking asshole. Like that was, and that's what I told him. I feel, I, I don't remember what your name is. Something like 
something Kaiser, something Kaiser. Um, I almost want to apologize you to you. It's it. I went in on you pretty hard. I told you that you. I'm just bored of you, and and I don't know how you aren't even bored of you. <laughs> um, and and, but I don't mean you. Like I do mean you. I just mean you in general, like what you are and what you represent. And I guess that's in, maybe I don't. You know what? I don't apologize. Fuck yourself. Yeah, fuck now, him. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck you. Sleeve tattooed douchebag, fucking wanna be hipster. I bet you he chemexes his fucking coffee. <laughs> Piece of shit. And we wanna be nice. I know you wanna be nice, but dude, don't let him a fucking off the hook. There's there are standards to being a man. Well, I'm just trying to say it wasn't personal. You know, no, you've got, allowed yourself you. you've allowed yourself to be and I you know, he was so I could picture him sitting there. Like he he finished, he typed out and then submit. And then he probably twirled the corners of his mustache or whatever and was like, man, I showed him. There's a unique hot take. But it's not a hot take. It's the fucking same shit. No thought, no critical thought whatsoever. Intellectual pollution. That's what you are. You and a redhead that's like, your girl lost, get over it, snowflake. You fucking intellectually polluting Dick bags. That's all you are. Fucking, we've had enough of you. I know there's got to be more of us out there. There's got to be more of us that know that the right isn't always right and they're not always well, wrong and the left isn't always right. There's got to be more of us. There has to be. Well, I mean, they are a little writer. The right is getting to be a little bit writer lately, man. I mean, and, and, and well, see. Let me tell you where I'm coming from from this, right? Yeah, right. I was um, reading an article um, on Fox News a couple weeks ago, man. And um, actually, I had trouble finding it tonight because when I Googled Tucker Carlson and MS-13, like <laughs> too too many articles came up. But I did find the right the, the one that I was looking for. Uh-huh. And it's talking about somebody who, you know, unfortunately passed away at the hands of two MS-13 gang members. Well, isn't that half of the American populace, according to the right now? Yeah, Aren't we just well, being slaughtered in record numbers. Easy, you know. So, so in in the article here, you know, I, I mean, Tucker's got it, man. He's got it fucking nailed. You know, it started almost exactly a year ago when the president said, "So when the MS-13 comes in and the other gang members come in the country, I refer to them as animals." And guess what? I always will. Keep in mind, MS-13's motto is "Rape, Kill, Control." And they routinely torture and murder high school students all the time. They bring mm -hmm. drugs across the border in our neighborhoods. They're the deadliest or criminal gang in America. And yet, once Trump attacked them, the left decided that worrying about MS-13 was a greater threat to our values than the gang itself. Anybody who criticized MS-13 was denounced as a racist and a tool of Putin. <laughs> the traditional Democratic Party... The one that supported Vladimir Putin. <laughs> I just had to play that. Yeah. The one that supported blue collar America would have been baffled by this. The working class people of all colors are always the biggest victims of crime. But if if you don't or if you want to protect them, then you have to side with the criminals. That's the thing that Democrats, including Joe Biden, once understood. And here's the critical line. This is the part where then I realized that fucking goddamn Carlson really gets it. Mm -hmm. criticizing MS-13 would mean asking questions about the Democratic Party's orthodoxy on immigration. 
It would expose Nancy Pelosi's absurd lie that every single immigrant is impressive and must be allowed to stay in the country. No questions asked. Nobody on the left wants to talk about this, you know? Fuck. Carlson nailed it. It, it does seem like he did. I mean, that's exactly everybody he, he on the left's position. He nailed it. Like, I mean, I don't know if I should do this here now, but can I hear? I, I think I should text the Democratic Party censors real quick uh-huh. and get permission for this. Okay. Uh, you know, I I think we'll be all right. Okay. You'll I, be I, all right? Yeah, I, I got to let you in on a little secret, Joe. All right. Because you haven't been you know progressive as long as i have so you i don't think you're fully read in but uh, apparently not okay but you know tucker finally figured it out like this has been our agenda all the time to destroy america so we can build it up in our own image i mean he finally figured it out like is it, that is that what happened it it really is because like like here's the plan and like this is just between me and you right mm-hmm. first you know democrats we're going to confiscate all the guns i know that's been yeah. going on for a while you're gonna yeah. take all of them okay. because that's the most important part so we're gonna take we, all you gotta have them yeah because yeah. so that way republicans can't fight back then we're gonna start with the government controlled health care mandatory abortions um you know uh ban all cars and airplanes anything that's polluting um uh that's why we all have nests now so the government can, can control my heat and air and so i'm not using too much energy right yeah yeah, that Um, makes sense and then we get it to the final the final step Mm -hmm. don't tell anybody right it's just between me and you it's just between us i'm not i would never open borders oh my god just let everybody come in open borders wow don't like don't share that but that's what we really want just to just let it flood yeah. Like all the MS-13. All the MS-13. Will you change the uh, uh, national anthem to maybe something more like this? <laughs> Does that sound like more? Well, that's what we've wanted. That's what we've wanted for years. It's just a matter of time, though. You guys are going to make it happen, right? Right, yeah. I mean, but... I can only imagine that that's... You know, you know, you're and, getting so close. And then, you know, I mean, after we have full control and, mm-hmm. and all that, then we can, you know, do some of the other side projects like mandatory cross-dressing and, you know, like some of the other fun stuff that we have planned. But, you know, that's that's further <laughs> way down the road, you know. Mandatory cross-dressing. Yeah. I mean, then you should have to. Well, is this part of your green-inclusive <laughs> plan, too, where you have to have gay sex and stuff? Yeah. Like kind of, so you were trying to present that as a new party, but what was really going on? It was insidious. You were just bringing us around to the idea. That's it, of forcing everyone. Because I've heard that before. They're trying to force the kids to be gay now and stuff. Yeah, that's why we've we've infiltrated the cartoons. That's why we, you know, we've been doing it since Teletubbies, but you know, just a little bit here and there. A little yeah. Bit. Well, now it makes sense. I, I just, you know. <laughs> Now, now I do understand, like, because I've heard this for a long time. I heard that, you know, uh, liberals love Muslim terrorists, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. jihadis, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> these are all the things you guys are busy with. Yeah, we don't admit it much, but um, yeah, that's it's true. Well, I'm glad yeah. you finally came clean here. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I'll just I'll edit this part out later. All right. Because, but yeah, it's I mean, true. Tucker figured it all out, man. 
Tucker is one. He he just he just gets it. You now, know? while he figured this out, did he have a look on his face like he was flipping channels and came across his mother in a gangbang? Did he did he have that going on? Uh, something like that, yeah. Because usually I, that seems to be the standard look on his face. Um, I actually have Fox News on. I don't know why. I just never change the channel. Like when it's on in the background right now, and and while we were doing this, just so we know, Tucker um, opened up with. His lead story was Jesse uh-huh. Smalls or Jesse, whatever his name is. Jesse Smalls. We're still just Smollett. Uh, Smollett, yeah. We're still busy with Jesse Smollett. <laughs> We're busy with him. Well, was I his do lead know story Jesse. It's, well, I did see they announced he won't be coming back for the final season of Empire. Well, I mean, and uh, that is an important story to America. That's why we had to have like the little four panel interview going yeah, on. I think it's a pressing issue. <laughs> and I mean, the, that guy just the, the fifteen really minute won't. discussion. Yeah, did, you know, did they have a full roundtable? Um, well, not like they do now. They don't do full roundtables anymore. They just have like little boxes, the, you know, the four-person boxes. Oh, yeah. On lo- they're in their individual via satellite, if you will. Yeah, you know, I, I, fuck them guys. Uh, who was the first ones that used to do it on PBS? I can't remember now. McNeil Lair? Yeah. Fuck yeah. them guys. <laughs> they really, All of them? No, nah, I mean, not really, but they really started a fucking terrible trend. Like... There's not a news, a cable news show anymore that that goes ten minutes without that fucking format of having one on the left, one on the right. Let's argue about it. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. No, it's 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 all a mess, and it's part of what I was just complaining about. Yeah. This whole just everybody's brainwashed. Everybody, just stop. Except all for, of you motherfuckers. Except for Tucker, because he really gets it. He, he does. He saw down deep into my soul. <laughs> so you're kindred spirits now, huh? <laughs> hey, uh, you know, I told you I've been uh, listening to Stunner and John. I've admitted this repeatedly now. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of addicted to that motherfucker, aren't you? Well, you know, I don't know. It, it's just kind of, like I said, man, it feels a little homey, man. Like, <laughs> it feels like... I don't know. Just listen. But, you know, it feels there, like there Al Swearingen a... just calling people cocksucker and cunt. Yeah. You know, like it just warms you again. You yeah, know, like it does. Little, you know, so anyway, but he did he did break something pretty cool, man. So, you know, Stern will have you believe he's still uh, very, very popular. Like if we played, remember uh, the Wendy Williams thing? He was like, my fans will destroy you, you know, and all that. And we were laughing about how he doesn't have any fans anymore. Yeah. Well, apparently Howard secretly Ish. knows he doesn't have fans too. And so John uh got a hold of some hidden audio. Howard held some kind of a in like an auditorium for his entire staff. He held this this meeting and and it was like almost like a seminar and Howard in it is demanding that they create you know, fake Twitter accounts to make it look like more people care about the show than they do. Nice. And, and so I'm going to play you the clip now. And uh, you can hear Howard in his own words. This is from John's uh, show. I stole it. So I'm, I'm acknowledging that I stole his clip. I'm not breaking the news here. But so uh, check this out, man. And it's kind of funny when you consider what this guy would have you believe. It's the Howard Stern show I how do we get the word out? So set up a fake Twitter account. Become 10 different people. I don't give a shit. 
And then when, we, when our core team says to you, we want to get Lady Gaga on the show, they announce it on Moldred, and all of a sudden, Lady Gaga, I, I'm telling you, every celebrity reads their Twitter and stuff. Every celebrity starts getting just random things from fans. Hey, when are you going to do the Howard Stern show? We want you on the show. And they're getting all this publicity material. And they're getting, and they're getting bombarded. And it works. I said before, Jehovah's Witness, they bang on the door. We've got to bang on people's door. They're forgetting about it. And I'm pissed. Okay. So we're going to have a core team. It's going to be about six or seven people who are going to head this up. You're going to meet weekly, but everyone in this room, I'm telling you, is responsible for involvement, pitching guests, and strategizing. It's up to us. If we don't do this, uh, I think we're in trouble. So he's admitting no one's coming to them to be on his show anymore, and he wants people to make it look like fans want them. Well, like he wants Lady Gaga on the show. I mean, honestly, I, I thought like as you were describing it, I thought it would be a little worse than it was, dude. He sounded like any business leader that, any like you know media guy that's trying to sway shit their way, dude. I, I mean, I can imagine honestly any politician, dude, even running for little fucking state and local office, having that same kind of conversation. You know what I mean? Like but do you imagine? Do you imagine the Howard Stern uh, when he was calling himself the king of all media? No, it goes against what we know of him of the of his personality. But dude, I you know I still gotta throw mad respect to the dude. You know I hate to like hate to be contrary, man. But dude's been on the air for fucking forty years or whatever it is now. Yeah, what's it like eighty six? So thirty, you know, thirty some odd years. It's hard to keep it going that long, man. But that's why he should have dipped out a long time ago. Like Billy Squire? Thank you. Motherfucker. <laughs> now, Howard has an He could have an island. Billy Squire doesn't have an island. <laughs> it's just not happening. No, I agree with you. I mean, it does get like it does get embarrassing when like <laughs> when you don't when I, I don't know, man. It it does get embarrassing. When you're still trying and, you know, and you can't do what you once did. But, um, but I, you know, I mean, I, I, I have, I struggle with like down in the dude, you know what I mean? Cause I still got mad respect for the motherfucker. I, I just think it's more respectful to just accept like well, where you are, you know, like, and, and that's gracefully. And, and that's what's, that's what I kind of struggle with him because his show supposedly it was branded that it was all about honesty. You know what I mean? He was, mm -hmm. he was one of us. He was our friends. He was just like us, you know, the dude struggling, right. struggling with, you know, with culture, with love, with his wife, with, you know, with raising kids. Like, you know, that was his, his brand for all that time. You know what I mean? And it was right. all about honesty and, and being a fucking 12 year old and laughing, laughing at fart jokes and, you know, doing the things that, that, uh, <laughs> That toxic men do. <laughs> toxic masculinity. I um, you know, but what what's interesting is from listening to John's show and then interviews with Jackie and it it never was honest. It wasn't even remotely honest. It was it was always contrived. It was always like even the 
even the on-air fights were staged. Like, everything was fake. You know, I mean, not I shouldn't say everything, but like large chunks of everything is yeah. fake. Um, you know, it it was it, that's the thing that's kind of weird about it is like you start to realize like it was almost like a professional wrestling uh, work. And what know? and what isn't? Do you think fucking Ozzy really liked the paint that much? I know. I, I do, you think, <laughs> do you think he was always losing his fucking paintbrushes and yelling at, at Sharon like in no, real life? You know what that, I mean? Like everything's fucking contrived, man. No, it is. But it, it just the, the, the whole thing about that show, the, the Stern show, was that it was built on, you know, we're being honest. You know what right. I mean? We're, we're doing this thing. And, and and it really wasn't. It was, a, you know, and, and then you see that, you know, what the guy really wanted to be all that time. Dude, everything's a fucking work, dude. I'm telling you, man. I still think that fucking Sean Hannity, you know, goes home at night and goes, ah, Jesus Christ, do you believe that shit I said tonight? Like, well, I hate, I hate to break this to you because I know you have a newfound love for Tucker, but I was actually just, just recently listening to a dude who knows Tucker personally and has known him for a long time. And he was like, dude, Tucker doesn't believe any of the fucking shit he says. He was like, he's just making serious loot right now. And, that's all there is to it. You right. Know? Dude, that, it's all a fucking work. Yeah. It really it really kind of is. Everything so, is. But yeah, I, I, I just, uh, you know, I just found that kind of funny from a guy who just a couple weeks ago was telling us how his audience is so massive they'll destroy you. And now he's <laughs> asking staff to create fake Twitter accounts to make it look like people still give a shit. So he, about so he can get Gaga on. Yeah, so so fucking a guest that back in the day he would have laughed at. You know what I mean? Right. Um, uh, Speaking of that whole crew, man, uh, I actually tuned into Florentine's podcast, which is lazier, I believe, than ours. Because we took a three and a half year hiatus. Florentine still is doing awful Facebook posts and shit. Like, that's his... His whole thing is awful vanity plates, awful slang words, and awful... Like, just volumes of these things. But... I, it was interesting, man. He he. Um, I don't know if you know the story, but his wife was cheating on him with her twenty-something-year-old uh, trainer at the gym, and they ended up getting divorced and all that. He's told the story a bunch of times, but so he was doing awful Facebook posts, and he starts reading this one from this. He goes, "All right, three thirty-four a.m." You know, and he's like, t- "That she made this post." He's like, "This woman's got her pictures." With she's got the dog ears filter and a dog nose because that's ridiculous. You know he's ripping in all this shit, and and he's like, um, and he goes, here's what she writes, and he goes, uh, <laughs> Florentine, you you gotta give him the same kind of credit though. In a lot of ways, dude, the dude has been steady. Like there, oh, he does his thing. I mean, he's doing fine. You know, they're bringing back crank yankers. So and having, but, and having met Florentine like outside, like this is his. He's not a work. Like that's his no, shit. no, <laughs> no. He's not. That's not a fucking work. That's not a game. No. <laughs> yeah, that's Florentine. You know, and um. But he's like, uh, he goes, so this woman writes, um, uh, for those judging me, I'm growing as a person. I've learned from my mistakes. You haven't. You're still living them. Um, you know, I'm honest <laughs> and true. And he's reading this whole thing, right? And, he, and then he just goes, really? 
you're honest and true. Were you honest and true when you told your husband you were going to the gym, but you were really going to fuck your trainer? <laughs> and I'm like, I start laughing. I'm like, oh shit, this is his wife, this is ex-wife. Right. So then he's like, he goes, and, and you learned from your mistakes. When when did you learn? Right around the time you realized a 25 year old didn't want a relationship and a commitment with a middle aged woman and her kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and so basically, the 25 year old's done fucking her. Now she's alone. And at, the fact that she's posting at 3 34 a.m. is pretty telling that she's not sleeping much these days. And she seems to know that everybody knows what she's done. And they're laughing at her and all this kind of stuff. So I was like, ah, good for you, Florentine. Like, you know, I'm kind of laughing. And I was like, yeah, that's great, man. When, that moment when the ex who did you dirty is getting their teeth kicked in by life, you know? Yeah. It's fun. But, you know, I was thinking the real beauty, the real golden moment is when you no longer give a shit what the fuck is going on in their life. You know, you don't care if it's going bad you don't care if it's going good. You're just like, dude, as long as that shit is the fuck away from me. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That's the gold moment. That's the sweet spot, Florentine. When it's like herpes, when you, like, it's nowhere near you. Yeah. You're just like, hey, not my problem. That's <laughs> that guy's problem. You know what I mean? And uh, it, it just, it did crack me up, but I know the phase he's in. I know when you see it all going wrong and you're just laughing your ass off. Um, I know that phase, but the better phase is when you no longer fucking care. You'll get there. Beauty. You'll get there someday, Jim. You will. You'll be there before you know it. Um, so you want to do some, uh, some uh, Hollywood news? Yeah, be quick. It's time for another bit of showbiz news. All the skinny on what's going on with the picture shows and the boob tube. All right, so one quick thing I wanted to talk about. Did you watch the All in the Family and Jefferson's live redos? No. I don't even know. When, when recent? Wow, you didn't know anything about this? No. Where was it on? I Was it on was like regular um, network TV? Yeah, it was on ABC. Jimmy Kimmel uh, was responsible for it. Norman Lear worked with him on these. It was the exact set of All in the Family with Woody Harrelson playing Archie Bunker, Marissa Tomei playing Edith. Um, oh, dude, I'm all the fuck over this. Well, okay. Oh, wait, am I not? Well, let me... So, oh, come on. No, 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 no. So <laughs> you had uh, the chick from Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt. I don't know her name, playing uh, Little Goyle. And then... Um, what's that guy? Ike, uh, what the fuck? Playing Meathead, right? So they recreated one episode of All in the Family, script, the exact script word for word, and one episode of The Jeffersons. Exact script. Here's, word for word. Here's my thing. I'm rarely on social media because, mm -hmm. you know, because. And um, and if you want to play my music, you can right now. I don't watch pretty much anything. Yeah, thank Go you. Go ahead. I don't watch anything I don't pay for generally. Okay. So so it, you, you it, have to be shelling out money to feel like it's worth something? Yes. I rarely ever stray from HBO, Showtime, or Stars, or Movie Channel, or, you know, I mean, I rarely, rarely ever stray. So, like, if I don't see it, 
Like, I didn't even know these were coming. So I'm excited. I'm going to go down and watch the shit out of this right now. So do you, like, just sit back, pour yourself, like, a Cabernet, like a Sauvignon Blanc from the Hess Collection and just throw hundreds at the TV while you're watching things? Or what? what's uh, your thing? Like, no. how do you feel? Like, what, what do you need to feel like what you're viewing is appropriate? <laughs> Pappy Van Winkle, first off. Oh, <laughs> Pappy Van Winkle. Now that's that's next level there. Um, no, I, 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 nice, I like a nice little bourbon. And, uh, and um, no, I mean, I, seriously, I've been... I've never in my life seen an episode of fucking Everyone Loves Raymond. I don't even know if it's still on TV, to be honest with you. Or, yeah, I don't know anything. Or Big Bang or anything. Like, I, I just don't. I'm so tired of the three camera fucking laugh track. Like, I just can't do it. I physically can't do that. Anything. Yeah, no. It's with, with Melissa McCarthy on network TV. Like, I, I just can't can't do it. Like, I'm so tired of the Tim Allen shit ish where the men are always fucking stupid and they need the wives to save the day or yes because men have never accomplished anything in history they need the domestic goddesses like dude i haven't <laughs> i mean seriously i haven't watched any network tv show in in like 10 or 15 years that i can recall other than stuff off of amc breaking bad and things like that i hear you i don't watch that kind of shit either so i, I i'm i'm on your team there well this was live in front of a studio audience. It aired live. They performed it like Uncle Milty at Texaco nice. Star Theater. You know I, I, I mean? love the premise. Love the idea. So did I. Um, everyone did what... Woody, I have to say, was the weakest link in the whole fucking thing. And, you know, the most crucial, really. Because you're playing the most iconic sitcom character now, was of he, all time. Was he just not up to Carol O'Connor's standard? He, or... Or, or are you putting too much into it? Like, are you too much? Like, oh man, he just couldn't be Archie Bunker like Carol was. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like he, Archie, like Carol had a real genuine sense of tension. With dude, that dude acted with his face. Like he, when you would just look at Edith <laughs> or look at Meathead. Oh yeah. He acted with his face. He was man. very much like, a physical dude. Yes. And and so um Woody missed that, but he also didn't have the gruffness. He was trying to do the um the Archie accent in a Woody voice, if that makes any sense. Yeah. No, I got you. And it just didn't work because it felt put on it didn't like archie's felt legitimate like you know what i mean like stifle you dingbat stifle you know like that he never had those little accentuations he would i i don't even know how to do it like what he was doing it but you it just sounded like a bad accent you know what i'm saying yeah and so it just didn't come off right but um Dude, the set was 100% accurate down to the little American flag decal on the fucking door, uh, win you know, the windows at the top of the door. Nice. Like, I, I, I guess they just dug it. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they did, but it was perfect, you know? Um, but so then you had, this was an episode where Henry Jefferson, who was played by, what's the dude, that, you know, Blackish, the TV show Blackish? Hmm. No, you just said you don't watch it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so he, I forget his name. I, I don't know a lot of new people, but so he played Henry Jefferson, but then Jamie Foxx played George Jefferson. Dig. And Wanda Sykes played Wheezy. That right? sounds like good casting to me. 
Dude, Jamie Foxx was a fucking beast. It was hilarious. And there's a point where he even forgot his line and then turned that into comedy. Like he just fucking just and dude, he kept doing. Remember, George would grab his his uh the sides of his blazer and like kind of shuffle around and right, everything. Yeah. He was doing all that. He had the George Jefferson hair. He had it all down to a fucking science. And the strut um, and the walk and uh, the everything. Yeah, nice everything. And Pete, a lot of people said he was overdoing it, but I, dude, it made it funny. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, it really did. And um, so the Jeffersons episode, they had. Will Farrell playing Tom Willis, uh, which didn't really work well for me. And Stephen Tobieski played Bentley, and that did not work at all for me. Um, but it was really cool to kind of see these shows again. But here was my biggest problem. So this all began because Norman Lear said, people keep saying you could never air the shows I made back then on TV today. Well, we're going to prove that you can. And, right. and Norman Lear was a fucking comedic He's gen- a genius. genius. Yeah, genius. And, and, and so when you get back to the subtleties of that, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I, I don't even want to say subtleties, but like, because he, he hit you in the face with a hammer with a lot of things. But Oh, yeah. But there was also, he did it with style and grace. And I, I don't even know. And maybe you had to be hitting the hammer at that time. I don't know. I don't know why. I'm trying to, like, you know, off-balance it, what you were talking about earlier with the new Twilight Zone, but he did it so fucking well, man, across he, the Yeah, board. he did. It was it was so perfect. I mean, it really was. And and maybe we lived in a less subtle time. I, I don't know. It just worked out. But, um, you know, but the problem here, here's what kind of was weird. When, when you're going to make the whole premise, like, we're going to show that you can do these shows again. Um, I, I, you know, Woody said stuff like spick and spade and stuff like that. Um, but then on the Jefferson episode, there was supposed to be the N bomb dropped and they bleeped it. And I just was like, well, wait a minute. Why'd you do that? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I thought you were, I thought you were going for it. Right. You're going for it. And you know, I know that I'm a racist according to handlebar mustache guy, but and I don't, I'm not saying I needed to hear the word, but if your point is we can do this again. And then so afterwards they said that the girl who played um, Jenny was like, well, you know, we wondered how we would handle the word. And I feel the way we did it was the best, most respectful way to do it. And it's like, okay, but yes, but it defeats the fucking purpose of what you were doing, you know? Um, because it's, I don't know if you remember the episode, but George is telling Helen Willis that, you know, when he gets mad at you, the white husband, he wants to call you. Yeah. So did they re, they redid an actual episode? 100% word for word. Okay. I dig. Yeah. In both, in both episodes. Yeah. And I remember that episode now. So it gave ABC its biggest ratings in 12 years on a Wednesday night. So now people are calling for more. They want Sanford and Son. They want good times. You know, all that kind of shit. Fucking bring on Rollo. Fuck yeah, Rollo. Rollo was the motherfucker, dude. He was awesome. Um, Let's blow through the rest because we're at at like an hour and 15. I saw John Wick 3. Um, I, I... I've come to realize like there's only so much you can do with John Wick and John Wick one. Awesome. Maybe my favorite action movie of all fucking time. Really? Oh yeah. I love yeah. that movie. 
Um, but so that's okay. So three movies of that same thing just doesn't really work. Every the John Wick three reviews were great. <sighs> you know, not, I sat there and I was like, okay, this is cool. Like for about an hour, and then I went, all right, I get it. Let's do something else with this. You yeah. know what I mean? No, but yeah. it's not there. Um, I always kind of like that in the middle of the second one. I think. Yeah, oh, the second one I didn't like at all. I wasn't even going to go see the third until the reviews were so positive. And then I was like, all right, I'll go see this. People were saying it's great. I don't get. It. I think I'm just not. It's not good enough for me. I, I guess that's what I'm saying. Now, Black Mirror season five dropped yesterday. I've only seen the first episode. Have you watched it? No. All right, I want to ask you this because this is the episode is called Striking Vipers. Anthony Mackie and uh, what's his name? Yaya Abdul Mateen are friends, like from back in the day. They play video games together and they're playing a fighting game called Striking Vipers. And then it fast forwards in time to where you just put this little dot on the side of your head, your eyes, you know, turn a different color and now you're in the game you are the characters right dick i play on so, virtual reality yes yeah. like the next level of vr right right dick so anthony mackie always plays as this dude lance an asian guy and uh yaya always plays as this blonde haired chick uh asian chick right so he, they're in there, they're getting ready to fight. They start fighting, and then all of a sudden, he grabs the chick and they start making out. Okay, all right, spoil. Oh, yeah, spoilers, by the way. <laughs> so, the rest of the episode is them banging each other in this fucking 100% real world to them. Everything is totally real, right? Dig. So they meet every night. So are they making wife, like digital copies right there? What do you mean? Of, of what they're doing? No, like digital copies. It's kind of, uh, is he getting her knocked up virtually? I don't know. I'm <laughs> no, just trying no, to be no. funny and it really fucking <laughs> God damn. Not, yeah, you fucking, yeah, that didn't, that didn't, <laughs> it just fucking did that for you. Um, so anyway, um, they end up like he they don't want to have he don't want to have sex with his wife no more. He just wants to go bang his boy. You know what I mean? But they're deciding this isn't gay. Right? <laughs> okay. Now uh, I, I, I mean I, I, I Yeah, what do you like okay, so they they are struggling with the idea, like, well, this isn't gay though, because you're actually a, a girl mm. in this right. And that's where I'm like, no, nah, it's pretty gay. Um, not. I mean, I'm not here to judge or nothing, but like, if you jerk off to gay porn, I think you're gay. Like, that's what and I'm you're saying. not actually like, having. You know, you may never have actually touched another man's penis, right? Um, but it's still kind of gay, I think. Right. I'm saying if me and you are in VR. And we're playing like VR Street Fighter and you're Chun-Li, right? Like you just like, oh, this is my favorite character. I know how to do all her moves and shit. And I'm like fucking Ryu. And I'm like, yo, dude, you going to huff this dick or what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's gay, right? 
Yeah, I think ish. I'm saying like you can't. <laughs> <laughs> like even though in the game you're a chick, <laughs> if I know it's you, and you're huffing my pole, that doesn't feel straight. Um, you know, whatever gets you through the night, man. No, no, no. We're not here during Pride Month. We're not here to judge. We're we're just trying to figure out. It's gay, right? I think it is. I think it is too. I, I'm. Yeah. I think we've settled this. Yeah. Like, like you can't. If you put a um, if you put a rubber dildo in your ass, the gay porn, it's probably gay. Even though you never did it, touched anything, it's probably gay. It seems gay. Yeah. And not that I'm there's just, anything wrong with you. You do you, no. man. I'm cool with it. Yeah, if you're gay, that, that's cool. We don't give a shit. We're just saying. We're not here to, you know, we celebrate Pride Month or whatever. I'm just saying I was having issues with this episode because they tried to. Well, that's why Black Mirror is fucking taking, pulling it out. Yeah, see, we, we didn't analyze any episodes of Twilight Zone like this, did we? <laughs> so I guess if since we're doing our little uh, mini click play or stay away um mm-hmm. i watched most of uh the good omen okay how do you feel about that um well here's my problem with it right it's kind of enjoyable it's kind of kind of fun in some ways but you know they're talking about serious fucking subjects here i mean garden of eden good and evil you can't <sighs> You can't put down like, you know, the archangel Gabriel like that. Like that's not a funny subject. We can't make light of these things. I mean, the casting is good, the story, right. the storyline, but you can't be making light of, uh, of you know, Satan. You know, thing bad things could happen. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> is, is that right? <laughs> like mystical things might happen to you. Francis McDormand is God, by the way. I know that. I, Allison's <laughs> actually been watching the show. Um, and so I've been like semi paying attention, but I think it, it's a show that seems to move along at a pretty rapid pace. And if you don't follow it completely, you just all of a sudden you're like, what the fuck is going on? How, yeah. how, what's happening now? It's kind of kitschy. It's kind of fun, actually. I mean, I'm, I would say a click play. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people seem to really enjoy it. I have been seeing a lot of friends talking about it and stuff, so I'll probably give if it a shot. If you can get past, you know, if you can get past all that where, you know, and you're not offended by, you know, the, the serious subject matter, making light of a serious subject matter. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's very, very serious. Um, <laughs> I highly recommend When They See Us. It's a four-part, uh, I guess you would call it a miniseries on Netflix, not a season uh, about the Central Park Five and how they were framed and forced into confessing. Um, if you don't know that story, are we on an anniversary or something like that? Because I've been seeing that kind of come up a lot lately. It's because of this. It's because no, of this. Cause uh, of the, that doc. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. It, it's it's really powerful. Ava DuVernay uh, directed, um, and it's really really well done. Uh, so I highly recommend anybody uh, that hasn't. Especially if, either way, if you know the story and you know everything that happened, and if you don't, uh, really check that out. And I know the highlights of it, and it's a terrible fucking point in our history, man. 
Well, and it's even worse when you're watching because you're, you know, from each person's perspective is kind of told uh, through the story. Uh, and Corey Wise got the worst of it all. And the thing about Corey Wise is he wasn't even there. He wasn't in the park. He he just, his friend was, and his friend was being taken down to the precinct. So he went with his friend just to be a friend, like to not let him go to the precinct alone. Right. And Corey Wise did the most time and got sent to Rikers Island and Attica. Two different, two different really fucked up. And there was a third one. I don't remember what it was right now. Really went through hell. And he wasn't even in the park. That's how fucked up this was. And so it, it's, if you haven't followed the story, uh, you know, if you, if you know about the West Memphis three and what happened to them, this is like that and terrible, just all terrible shit. Um, definitely check it out. Um, I'm going to do a real quick tech news before we go because we are running long. It's time for another bit of tech news. So the Oculus Quest has been released. Um, I, what are you laughing at? <laughs> the fucking bumper. Don't worry about the bumper, god damn it. We're trying to be professional over here. <laughs> the Oculus Quest has been released. Javier Alvarez, you want to pay attention to this part. I have it in my possession. This thing is badass. Um, now, I'm going to um, the caveat in the beginning. No, you're not going to get graphics as good as a $2,000 gaming PC is going to produce onto a VR headset. But it's pretty goddamn good. It's wireless completely. Um, it's self-contained. I... Uh, it's amazing. You you put your controller on the floor. It puts a grid on the floor. Then you draw a line around the walls in your room that you're standing in. It builds a, a wall grid, and that's your player. So if you start to move outside of that, it lets you know. A grid warning comes up. You're getting close to a wall. You know what I mean? Take. Uh, very, very fucking cool. A Vader Immortal. If you're a Star Wars fan, you have never been this in the world of Star Wars before. And I did the void uh, in Disney Springs. Uh, that was the, you had to wear a 15 pound backpack. That's how, that's how fast this tech is advancing. Right. Um, you had to wear a 15 pound backpack. You could walk around freely. Well, now you can just put this on your head. Now the void was $30 a person to do. Vader Immortals 999 and this is just chapter 1 of a multi-part story but it's about an hour long the void was 15 minutes um i i'm going to admit to you right now how ridiculous i feel that when Darth Vader at 65 comes at me in this room how intimidating it fucking is <laughs> did you piss yourself or i didn't piss myself virtually but piss it's yourself? fucking it's pretty fucking intimidating, dude. I got to admit, there's a part where you, you're taken prisoner, and you, you know that that floating ball with the needle sticking out of it that they were fucking with Leia with oh, in, yeah. in a new. Home? So it's in you're in a prison cell, and it's there fucking with you, you know. And then this guy comes in and he starts telling you Vader's coming to talk to you, and you better not displease him and all this shit. And then the doors open, and you hear the breathing, and here he comes, and it's all so realistic. It's so lifelike. And then he's standing in front of you and he's, he pulls, he gives you this cube and 
he wants you to try to open it because only certain people of a certain lineage can open this thing. And it has a holocron in it that he needs. And so, but it's all just there in full 3d, full everything. And it's, it's amazing. And then you go on, you escape the prison and proceed through an adventure there. Um, and all of it's so cool. And you get a lightsaber. Everybody's always wanted a VR lightsaber. Well, you can have one. Hell yeah. And, and um, just incredibly cool. Um, I so, also okay. X- Do I buy it or no? I'm, I'm going to dip. You? I want to dip my toes into the VR world. Do I buy uh, it? Or if you, you, you want to dip your toes in and, uh, and accept that I'm telling you that this isn't the best you're going to do, but it's the coolest tech that's out there right now. Yes. 400 bucks. You're in. You will experience VR, especially you've never experienced before. Yeah, not and not in any real way. I brought this. I can the the cool thing about this is I can bring this places and let people who've never tried it try it. And the the coolest thing about VR is watching people who've never done it experience it for the first time, and you can literally see their mind blown. Like they're just like, "What the fuck just happened?" You know. And I took it to my distributor because <laughs> a couple of the guys there never tried it. They couldn't fucking believe what they were dealing with. I took it to the restaurant with Jason on Sunday. Him and this other guy, Mike, were trying it. They were blown the fuck away. Um, You can't do that with any other VR because it doesn't have six degrees of freedom without camera setups and all kinds of shit. This is the first one with full six degrees of freedom. Um, And it's it's pretty amazing. Last system I ever buy? No. This will be good for six months. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the way tech is going now man yeah no i got you that's that, good and, for six months and that's the hard part for me for dipping my toes into vr because i'm still burned by the nintendo 64 <laughs> they told me that motherfucker would be the last system i've ever bought you do know that was 23 years i ago, know right? but they told us we'd have add-in cartridge holders and you know different you know graphics would just keep getting improved and stuff yeah mm, it was upgradable you could add ram and Another like yeah, I and another two hundred uh, fifty megabyte <laughs> um, graphic stick, and that you could put in the back, and they just lied. They lied, them motherfuckers. I'm still burnt. Well, buy this knowing that in a year you'll want something else. You know the the thing about VR, man, is when you start seeing cooler tech. Uh, and you know what awaits, you kind of want it. So, Dig. anyway, so I, yeah, I've sold my Oculus Go and all that kind of stuff. So, this is, this is the one if you want to jump in. Price point, they're losing money from everything I've read. They've just dumped, Facebook bought Oculus, you know, so they're dumping Facebook money into this. They're trying to get a massive user base. So, they're losing money on every unit. 400 bucks for the most advanced tech out there. Is uh kind of crazy. Dang. Uh, on other Star Wars news, real quick, Galaxy's Edge opened. I know this because my daughter texts me every minute of every day, and then when I come home, she badgers me the minute I walk through the door that I need to book a trip. Um, I can't get away from Galaxy's Edge right now. <laughs> so I was like, here, put this VR headset on. Darth Vader's in there. Leave me alone. Uh, yeah, look up at Vader. You know, <laughs> she's like, no, we got to go. Like, dude, everything that happens, I get another video and I get another video and I get another video. And then 
there's dudes going there now with 360 degree cameras going on the rides, which you can then go into the Oculus Quest on YouTube VR and you can ride the ride with them. So I was like, hey, there you go. Good enough. I don't have to spend $5,000. <laughs> You know, but no, that's not good enough either. Every minute of every day, I get pounded. So, you know, what you tell I her, do, huh? You know, what you tell her, what do I tell her? Letter Kenny, figure it out, <laughs> figure it out, yeah, figure it out. Um, so yeah, I did see Letter, Letter Kenny got bought or is going to be ex- exclusive Hulu moving forward. They bought, uh, yeah, Hulu bought it, and then Hulu is clear. They've already greenlit two more seasons or something like that. Nice. I've been waiting so for something. Got, yeah, dude, there's got to be new ones soon. It has to happen. Because that, that was, what, January or something when all that dropped? Uh, Valentine's Day, I think, was the last add-in. Yeah. We need more Letter Kenny. Bring it back. So... I guess that's it. That was 167. 167 in the can. You're not going to know what this means, but we're going to close out by announcing another cast is Team Harloff. You have no idea what I'm talking about, but I do. And that's all that matters. All right. Dig. All right. We will uh, see you on 168. Good night. Good night, Tiger. Good night, Nancy. Good night, Social Justice Warrior guy. Dancing.